So let's talk a little bit about the Google Voice and Siri and um, Alexa and all of the smart speakers and smart devices out there. Um, in an episode I did a while back called Big Data, Big Risks, I talked about how our devices and the Internet Connected Things, uh, uh, Internet of Things connectivity, um, has positive and negative effects, and how we have so much of our privacy that is literally invaded uh, daily that we don't even realize is being invaded. And frankly, I don't think any of us really care uh, because it's all we give that all up in the name of convenience. Now, this isn't an episode where I rant about that. What this is is an episode where I teach you uh, businesses. Um, and entrepreneurs and anybody else who just wants to get up on the Google rankings and um, search engine, the, the SERP page, um, search engine results page, higher, organically, uh, paid or not paid, um, but through voice search. Because I think that, I, you know, I, there's been a few of us who have been saying, and us, I mean um, social media, digital marketing experts, that sort of thing, uh, who have been touting that voice is the way to go, that we need to figure out voice engine optimization. Uh, and there have been, I've even said, he who figures out voice engine first wins. And, you know, we have figured it out um, as a digital collective, as a digital expertise collective. We figured out how to make sure, because here's the thing, if you ask your digital assistant, I, I don't want to say Google or Siri or Alexa or any of them, simply because, one, I don't want to discriminate, and B, um, you know, I, I'm afraid that I'll trigger mine. <laughs> to be honest with you, that's happened before. I've been using an example, and then all of a sudden it comes on and tries to help because, she, you know, she's super helpful, my my Google Assistant. Uh, anyway, so your digital assistant, it, when you ask it for something, um, whether it's the nearest seafood restaurant, whether it's uh, a good seafood restaurant, your verb A, your verbiage matters, okay? So if you say, what's the best seafood restaurant near me, it's going to look for the one and mysteriously pick one, it's not so mysterious, I'll break into it in a minute, mysteriously pick one that uh, it thinks you'll like. Um, if you say near me, it's going to try and find a few that are geographically near you, and whichever one is, is geographically closest um, is the one who wins that lotto. But, you know, if, if I wanted to say I own a place called Sam Seafood, I can't, unless I say, um, hey assistant, uh, where is Sam Seafood? Unless I call it out by name, you know, I can't make sure that that very first one is going to win. So to, that I'm going to come up on top and I'm going to be the one recommended. And statistics show that the majority of the time people go with the first or second thing recommended by their personal assistant, by their digital assistant. And so it's, it's important to know how to kind of beat the algorithms, if you will, and um, rank higher in voice search because technically there's three or four different mobile searches that you have to worry about ranking. When we say search engine optimization, we usually think of web page search, but that's not all. I mean, there's mobile search, there's desktop search, there's map search, there's shopping search, and then there's voice search. So there's a lot of different types of search that your assistant is trying to figure out what you want. And when you're doing voice search, there are certain things that you can do that will not only help you out with voice search and making sure that you rank organically higher, but also, and I think almost more importantly, um, will ensure that you are picked up uh, on your on the, the voice search faster. And so that's what this episode is primarily about, is how to kind of take the lead with voice search. Um, kind of a longer intro than I anticipated, but uh, I think you'll get the point. I think you'll understand you know, what it is I'm talking about, why it's important. Um, so yeah, stay tuned. It's about to get deep.
Okay, folks, so why is voice important? Because it is the future. Think about it. When you want to search for something, do you sit there and type it all in or do you just speak it and, and let your assistant give you a recommendation? And when you get that recommendation, how often is it exactly what you're looking for? It's, I mean, it's very often the case, and the reason is that Google knows what it's doing, and the other search engines kind of follow Google's lead. Uh, she's the queen of the internet, Google. She controls it with an iron fist. 90% of the traffic goes through her, and uh, so she knows what to look for. When you do a voice search, you know, you want to make sure that you're getting the best results and you're getting them quickly, and that's where Google comes in. So what did I do? I decided to uh, spend about eh, five, six hours, seven hours total, I think, over the last few days um, searching and figuring out what makes you organically rank higher on voice search. So part of this was experimentation on my part. Another part was researching and seeing what other professionals have said. And I found eight things that I feel like are really solid commonalities um, that will allow you to uh, really optimize for voice. And it should be no surprise, but it's also gonna help you with regular search as well. The search engine optim, so say you know nothing of search engine optimization and you're just going into it kind of blind, right? If you do the things that I recommend today, you're gonna to be sitting okay on regular search and very well on voice, and that's by design. Um, you know, why would you rebuild an entirely new voice search um, algorithm if the one that you use for regular SEO helps anyway, why not piggyback on that? It just makes sense. So without further ado, number one for ranking higher on and optimizing for voice is optimize your website for speed and mobile. Uh, 53%, I mentioned this before, 53% of all website traffic in the entire world is on mobile devices. So it only makes sense that if you, and think about it, when you do a voice search, are you doing it on your computer? Eh, maybe, sometimes. Do you even have a desktop computer? On your laptop, are you voice searching? No, not usually. It's usually on a mobile device. Now with 53%, I don't even know what the statistic is for the number of voice searches done on mobile, but with 53% of all worldwide traffic through websites going through a mobile device, it's important to be optimized for that. And then it needs to load quickly. So what I found is that if you have two web pages that are nearly identical, except one loads even slightly faster and is optimized for mobile, that one will outrank the other one 100% of the time. Now let's think about why that is. Well, A, because you want a fast result when you do a voice search and Google knows that. And B, it wants you to have a good experience. So if you pull up a website and it takes more than three seconds, I'm not, I'm not making that number up, that's a Google number, not mine. If it takes more than three seconds for the first meaningful contextual paint to happen, in other words, meaningful piece of content, whether it's a video, a picture, text, whatever, if it takes more than three seconds, Google has shown that people will click off, they'll go somewhere else. If it's not mobile uh, friendly and people have to kind of do the pinch and, uh, and expand and, and shrink thing to see and try and click really hard. Nobody likes to do that. So if either of those things is a problem, you're not gonna get ranked very high. So the first thing is optimize for speed and optimize for mobile, and this will help you rank higher. The second thing is secure sites with SSL. SSL is a big deal. I don't know if I've done a podcast on this. Maybe I'll do one in the future. I won't get too big into it. But basically, if, if a website has SSL, it shows that the website's trustworthy. Now, it doesn't matter if it's blog, e-commerce, if it's uh, informational, it, it doesn't matter. Websites have to have SSL, and Google will rank you higher and organically if it knows that you're, you're trustworthy, and an SSL is the way to do that. Now, normally, you have to pay your um, service provider or your, your host, whoever, 
for to get you as an SSL certificate. Um, and it's like $9 per month or something like that. It's, it's maybe a little cheaper, maybe a little higher. But it's worth it because an SSL is what shows that you... Um, actually, I think it's just setting it up that costs that much. I don't even think that's a monthly cost. Anyway, it shows that your website is safe and um, reliable and, you know, is, is a good, good website to be on. So SSL is a must and that is number two. And Google ranks higher on both SEO and VEO, voice engine optimization, if you have an SSL. Number three, this is gonna be kind of surprising. You need to create and maintain an FAQ page. Now, between, and, and, and here's the thing. When I say that, it's a good idea to source your FAQ from actual frequently asked questions of your customers. And if that means doing a survey or asking on social, if you don't know what your customers are asking, one, oops, shame on you, you should totally know that. And two, think back on it, ask your sales representatives, ask different people in your department what the most commonly asked question that they get is. And that's really important for a lot of reasons, but for SEO and VEO, if you think about it, when when people ask a question, they want an answer. When they ask for something on voice uh, search, they want a quick answer. So providing answers to common questions is literally exactly what Google does, you know? Um, so if you do it in a question answer format, it makes it easier for Google to see, especially if it's keyword rich. So if I say, um, what features should my website include? And I say it just like that, if I have an FAQ or even a blog that is titled exactly that and then lists it out and gives a, a, a good answer, that's gonna rank higher on voice engine optimization. It makes it easier. It's the path of least resistance. It's all about speed, right? So it makes it easier for Google to find the answer when it literally is in a free, frequently asked question section. And when I say maintain it, you know, anytime you update anything on your website, it's good for, for uh, search engine optimization of any kind because it shows that the content is relative uh, and, and um, you know, recent, and that's important. It, it wants to make sure that you're putting up modern uh, content and, and you're, up, or you're refreshing it and you're keeping it all fresh. So keep it maintained. If you have new questions, if you have more concise answers, if you have different ways that you wanna tweak it, and if you have to hire a copywriter to do that, then by all means, go ahead. So that's number three. So number one, optimize for, for speed and mobile. Number two, secure with SSL. Number three, create and maintain an FAQ. Number four, you wanna make SEO optimized, so keyword optimized as well, long form content. Now, when I say that, let me be very specific what I'm talking about. We're talking between 300 and 3,000 words. Now, you're probably thinking, good Lord, that's a big spread, and you're absolutely right, it is. But here's the, the, the logic behind those numbers. If you put up a blog and it's only 300 words long, or less than 300 words long, Google won't even archive it as a blog. It has to be at least 300 words long to be considered a blog. Now that's not a lot at all, by any means is that a lot. So it should be pretty doable. Now 3,000 words, that's a, that's a big piece of content, but believe it or not, Google likes that. And frankly, if you think about it, when you write a blog, who are you writing it for? Yes, we're writing it to educate our, our public, but we're really, honestly, and, and to offer some value content, that's 100% true, but we're also doing it specifically for SEO. Because if, if you've done keyword research, and I, one of my past, uh, I think it was, la not last episode, but the one before it, uh, it was all about 
um, how to do copywriting so that both Google and your readers love it. So go back and listen to that episode after this one. I highly recommend it. It was based on a blog that I wrote for the company I work for. But basically it talks about how the sweet spot is not 3,000 words. It's actually 1,600 words or something that takes roughly eight minutes to read. The content should be long form. It should have plenty of, of actual textual content, but also video content in there, uh, pictures, you know, something to break it up. So go back and listen to that um, podcast, if you will. I think it might be a good resource if you're wondering how to do high-quality SEO-enriched um, copywriting content for blogs and that sort of thing. So number four, optimize with long-form content. Basically, the main reason for this is that one, then Google knows that you're providing value, and when it's long-form, it assumes that you know what you're talking about. Um, you have expertise in the field. But also, two, if you've done your homework and you know what keywords are and you use Google Keyword Search or, or any other tool that's out there, uh, BuzzSumo, whatever, and you find words that, and you find an or, a way to organically connect them, then it gives more words to match people's voice request or command for Google to find, and Google can do it quickly. And if you're already archived high with them because you have a lot of long-form content, then it definitely is helpful. Now, this is going to sound kind of silly, but the flip side of that, number five, is short-form content. Quick, concise answers. So that kind of ties back to SEO, or to uh, maintaining an FAQ. You know, if you think about it, when you ask Google a question, when you ask a search engine a question, you get a quick answer, a short-form answer. So short-form content, can, that, <laughs> sorry, words. Short-form content less than 300 words is still good. So you want to have a little bit of that as well. It's just not considered a blog, obviously. So on your main page, if you if you want to break down, you know, short descriptions of your services of of whatever that short form content, as long as it's concise and really answers questions, and do question answer format if you want to. You know, why is this important? What is this? What is that? And you have very short concise answers. Now let me be very clear. That short form content can then cross link to the long form content to go deeper and in depth. And I highly recommend that. Google loves cross-linking, whether it's internal or external links, because then it shows you're not biased and that you're willing to give others a platform as well. I, I don't know if I mentioned, I don't think I mentioned it on this podcast, but I know I've said it before in the past on other ones. Google really wants to make the best uh, referral possible, almost on a human level. It wants to not fail you. It wants to give the very best answer it possibly can. Um, so that's, that's important. Now, as far as um, the, the being concise and short-form content, that kind of leads into number six. The sixth thing that I found is simple words and short sentences. Uh, again, people use voice to inquire with simple, concise questions, so it makes it easier for the AI to find if your answers are a little more simple and concise. If you go to Neil Patel, uh, if you're not familiar, Neil Patel is considered one of the leading cutting-edge experts on all things digital and social media marketing and all that stuff. So if you go to his website, if you check out his blog, his, his, his even his long-form content is short and concise. And I know that sounds like an oxymoron, I promise it's not. Um, his short-form content literally will be like, okay, uh, let me do long-form, I'm sorry, I say short-form content. His simple, concise, short words. What I, what I mean by that is his blogs will be very on point but they will be easy to read because it's one or two sentences and then a paragraph break. Three sentences, paragraph break. Um, yes, sometimes it'll use complicated words, but it breaks those down. It keeps the words simple and uses, you know, 
technically layman's terms to really understand and explain what things are and, and how things work. So all of these things are really, really important in SEO um, and they're really important for voice engine optimization. And again, Neil Patel is a really good example of that. I'd like to say my my blogs are too. So if you go to globalreach.com slash blog, you can see some of the blogs that I've written most recently. I'd say probably eight out of the last 10 uh, were mine. And, and, and it's funny, if you go through and you read some of the blogs, you can kind of see my, my I don't want to call it a hallmark, but my stamp on it. You can tell that it's stuff that I've written. So uh, I digress. Sorry about that. Not meant to be a plug for me, but good to know. That's number six. Okay, so now we are to number seven. And okay, so what is, I, this is an eight part list, okay? And I'm just gonna tell you now, save time. Eight is, uh, is, is something that should be common sense, but seven is by far the luckiest number. It's also by far my favorite, favorite, favorite thing on this list, and here's why. Uh, anybody who's heard my podcast before will tell you I'm a huge proponent, proponent of social media and content marketing. Uh, social media for brand awareness and so I was and I, I kind of suspected this but when I did deeper research and found out that my suspicions were were true I was really really excited so this is something that I learned is that being active on social media is really really good for your search engine optimization for your website I mean it, I know that sounds kind of crazy um, but it makes sense if you think about it and and I know what you're thinking well Facebook or, or LinkedIn or Twitter, that's not my website. So if I'm active on social and I have 35,000 followers or 350,000 followers or 350 followers, that doesn't really impact my website. And that's where you're slightly wrong or actually have the potential to be very wrong. So check this out. If you think about it, this makes perfect freaking sense. If you're putting out active and, and good content on social media and you're engaging with people, they're going to be going to your website to find out more about you. Now, here's what's really cool. Viral content that links back to your website creates a huge pool of backlinks to the page of origin. So that's what boosts the SEO because Google thinks you're more influential. Think about that. If you share a video that uh, link, has a link to your blog or if you share some kind of content that is, is not you know, necessarily come look at me, come look at me, but I wanna, I wanna address this question, I wanna deal with this, I wanna give you information on that. And it becomes, and it goes viral, it becomes a good source of information. And, and every single time that that link gets shared, whether it's clicked on or not, Google is tracking that link. So especially when it starts getting clicked on, what Google sees then on the other side is backlinks to the website of origin. It sees, you know, not necessarily that um, all that this one Facebook post is being reshared, reshared, reshared. It's seeing that that uh, you know Brian Smith is sharing it, and John Doe, and you know um, Eric Evanson, and you know I'm just throwing out names that don't make any sense, but you're throwing out it, you, it's all of these people are sharing it, which then adds to you being more reputable. It shows that you're influential. So these this adds for uh, uh, SEO because Google's saying, oh my gosh, you know, all these people and all these organizations and it's this viral content. Now, Google understands that viral content is a flash in the pan, but you know, anywhere from 200 to 2,000 or 200,000 shares of a link versus the one share that you do, that's viral content. And you know, you've got to really look at what you define as viral. If, if you know, 45 people like a post, that's not necessarily virility. 
But if it, but if you only have five followers on your on your social media, then it's kind of viral for you. And you know, when I say like, it's it's not the likes that, that cause the virality or that cause the uh, valuable SEO when sharing. It's it's the reshares. So you know, create content that other people are looking for that they want and that it have has high resharability, and this will help. So number seven is by far my favorite on this list. Being active on social in a very um, selfless way can actually and ironically help out you in a very big way. Um, and, and so I'm going to give you some quick tips on this. I've, I've touched on this on a past podcast, but it's very important. And so I want to give you another freebie here. Social media, if you post something in the morning that either pulls at the heartstrings or makes you angry, something that plays at the uh, at your deep emotions, the, the more primal emotions, it, if you post that in the morning, it's more likely to get shared because before we've had our, this is, sounds funny, but it's true. Before we've had our coffee, we're kind of primal. <laughs> it's true. You know, whether it's a, a cute baby picture or a puppy or something that just is, that's, that triggers people, that kind of content really does in a very, very big way, um, promote virility uh, in the mornings. In the afternoon, it's very different. In the afternoon, you want something that's going to trigger logic, that's going to make people think. Because the lo- if you think about all those logic tests you've seen on Facebook or even LinkedIn now, um, a lot of those are reshared in the afternoon. And the reason is our brain has been working overtime all day figuring shit out. So when you share something in the afternoon that has uh, that triggers logic, it's more likely to be reshared. So that's a general nice little rule of thumb for to help you out. And of course, link back. I mean, I have some golden rules of social media posts, and I think I might do that as a future episode, but certain things that every social media post should include, and one of them is some kind of call to action, some kind of, um, you know, way for them to interact with you, and so, you know, that's that's just a big thing. So that's, that's number seven. Um, number eight, <clears throat> numero ocho, number eight is uh, valuable content, and I know that seems like it's a no-brainer, but let me be very, very, very clear on this. This is probably the most important thing I can say about any SEO, uh, but especially voice engine optimization. Valuable content gets you to the top and keeps you there. It is. It just it just does. So when I say valuable content, you know, you can assume what you think is important, but you need to be listening to your customers. I'm really big on the 80-20 rule, which is where you listen 80% of the time and talk 20% of the time. I know you wouldn't know that by listening to this podcast or ones where I've had guests on, but I do believe it wholeheartedly. And until you understand what your what your audience finds valuable, what kind of content they're engaging with, you can't produce that content. So create valuable content, and that's going to get you to the top of any SEO and keep you there. And if that valuable content is all the other things, optimized for speed and mobile, secure with SSL, um, if it's part of an FAQ uh, that's been created and maintained, um, if it's part of long form or short form form content. Uh, if it has simple words and, and uh, short sentences, um, or even if it's an active piece of social, if it's valuable, you've just nailed them all. So I hope this helps, folks. I think voice engine optimization is the future. I really, truly believe that these eight things are the key to getting you to the top of VEO and keeping you there. Um, and I'll let you know if it changes, but this is what my studies have shown. So thank you very, very much for listening. If you like this episode, do me a favor and follow it uh, on whatever your choice uh, podcast network is. Uh, I found that I'm becoming very popular on Spotify. Woohoo! That's awesome. Um, but I'm also available on Anchor or Google um, or Breaker. Uh, I'm not. I don't know if I'm on Apple or not yet. I'm gonna try, but I, I'll see. But regardless, 
share me, uh, look me up on social at TDGR Podcast. And that's all of your call to actions today, folks. Uh, until next time, dig deep, my friends.